They still begged for a king and a kingdom. They wanted to be like the powerful oppressors who kept them in chains. They bought into the myth of empire. Serving empire would eventually lead them to generations of war, genocide, and conquest, just as it has throughout world history for other empires. The Assyrian Empire, the Roman Empire, the British Empire. The empire is full of promises, promises of order, safety, security, identity, Empire is a costly and demanding God to serve. Empire has no regard for the individual. Empire will devour and hoard every resource it can and use violence to maintain its rule no matter who it must trample or force out. The judgment in today's reading from Ezekiel is about the strong taking more than what they need and using violence to keep the weak away from resources. It wasn't without warning that the people of God gave themselves over to this hungry God of empire. The prophets warned them of the dangers on empire's path. Time and time again, prophets have cried out for justice among God's people to turn our eyes to the poor and the weak because while the systems of empire favor the rich and powerful, God chooses the frail, the suffering, the hungry, the outsider, the sheep who need a shepherd. These are God's people. Not only does God claim the most vulnerable sheep as God's own, God judges and destroys the sheep who dominated resources who bullied the weak, who pushed them out, who chose the violence of empire over the compassion of God. Who are the fat sheep? And who are the lean sheep? Who uses violence to dominate resources? And who is strategically denied access and kept weak and dependent? Here in the United States, we swim in empire. So much we may not even be able to see it. Our government has given between two and four billion dollars in military aid to Israel every year since 1954. But this year, in response to Hamas's attack on Israel on October 7th, the US sent 14.3 billion dollars to bolster the already overwhelming military power of Israel, to maintain their power over the land and its resources. Our country consistently funnels funds to an empire on the other side of the country so that they can effectively eradicate the extremist Palestinians who dare fight against the active containment and genocide of their people. Have we chosen the violence of empire? or the compassion of God. It's not only overseas where you can see our worship of violence, either. As the initial strikes claimed thousands of lives in Gaza and Israel, our country 
had its 565th mass shooting this year. More than 50 people are killed each day by a firearm in the United States. And our nation circulates firearms at a rate of about 121 firearms per 100 people. That's more guns than people. For perspective, the country with the next highest gun ownership rate is Yemen at 53 guns per 100 people. We have a problem with violence. Our culture worships violence. The majority of Americans say our gun laws should be made more strict, and yet individuals with histories of mental health diagnoses are still consistently allowed to access high-powered weapons. It seems like every other day I wake up to a new heartbreaking tragedy involving a gun, whether it be in a school, a synagogue, or a routine law enforcement stop. Why are we so insistent on our right to violence? Why do we collectively own so many high-power weapons, and why do we distribute them to the rest of the world? Why is this the legacy of our country? In short, we were born this way. It's our inheritance. Since British colonizers landed on the coast of what we call Virginia, our country was created with an allegiance to the myth of empire. Empire has dominated our history, our identity, our language, our understanding of the world. Our country was birthed from another powerful empire, which was birthed from another empire. Our political lineage is one of domination, massacre, and genocide. And our country continues to give resources to support those values. The craziest part to me is that in many ways, this value was rooted in the Christian faith that arrived with the settlers. Religion that had been imposed from the top down in England. A Christianity that claimed to hold the right answers about the world and life and God. Christianity that defends hierarchy and demands conformity. A Christianity that boasts in conquering land and indigenous peoples and destroying natural ecosystems to perpetuate its own legacy. Our nation was founded with a Christianity that captured, enslaved, and killed anyone who dared be born on another continent or observe earth-based practices and beliefs. The name for this Christianity is Christendom. When the Christian religion saddled up with empire to become rulers of people. And this Christendom is directly opposed to the reign of Christ our King. Jesus tells us about the reign of Christ in today's Gospel reading. Separating the sheep from the goats. Christ's sheep are those who chose compassion, who recognize the presence of Christ in all beings, especially the weak and marginalized, and served them. And the goats are the ones who didn't even notice their suffering. The reign of Christ is a unity of all beings, caring for one another 
together. The reign of compassion over violence. The oneness of Christ over the division of empire. Remember too that Jesus was violently killed in the hands of empire. He taught and lived a life of faith. He reopened a path to God that the powers of empire had barricaded. The path to God had been weighed down and smothered with its religious rules and restrictions and hierarchies, and Jesus revealed that God, God's reign, God's presence and power, they are all already here, dwelling in our hearts as faith. Jesus taught that there are no real limits on our access to God. And that we know God more when we seek justice together. He taught that empire is everywhere. Even in religion. Especially in religion. The Episcopal Church was quick to issue statements of wholehearted support for U.S. aid to Israel. Our church joins our government in quick condemnation of terrorism while never once acknowledging the injustice of empire and the violence it takes to maintain it. We are all caught in empire's tendrils, including our church, whose very prayer book was inherited from our ancestors within an empire. But empire is an earthly illusion. It does not last. All empires fall. In the eternal reign of Christ, empire is people. It's created by a human lust for power and domination, which is a mere illusion, just perpetuated by violence and injustice. But Jesus turns our eyes from this illusion to the God who is real and eternal who binds us together as one throughout time and space and is neither limited nor distorted by these human vices. To show us what a real king looks like, Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice. Jesus was a prophet, a revolutionary, a life of faith, sacrificed to the God of empire in exchange for protection, order, and security. A sacrifice that the people were more than willing to make when he did not turn out to be the conquering king that they were expecting. By the people, he was sacrificed to a God who demands violence, punishment, and fear. But Jesus offered himself instead as a sacrifice of love to the God who is love. His death was an act of pure compassion, pure faith, revealing the limitations of empire and violence and retribution, and embodying this self-offering love at the heart our very existence. This rejected poor traveler, this immigrant, this rule breaker, 
this friend of sinners, servant of the poor, this lamb who was slain, is the king our spiritual ancestors longed for. The king to undo kingdoms, the king to dismantle empires, the king to bring down the mighty and lift up the weak. The king of love, of all that is. And thanks be to God, empires rise and fall. But the self-offering compassion of Christ's reign continue for all time and eternity.